try uh, listening in the dark, listening and see how much you can discern of what's going on without being able to actually see it. Hey, 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 welcome to The Fluent Show, our podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello, Shumai, bonjour, ni hao. My name is Kirsten from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I'm your host of The Fluent Show, here to talk to you about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. And in today's episode, I am super excited to bring you an interview that will look at learning languages and teaching languages from a perspective that we have never covered on the show before. And in fact, I have to say, I've never thought about it in great depth before. And that is learning and teaching languages when you have a visual impairment. My host, Holly, my guest, Holly, I'm the host, she's the guest. My guest, Holly, <laughs> has learned so many languages. She has studied Spanish, German, Hmong, Irish, Russian, Arabic, Mandarin. She's planning to learn more. She is a full-time online English teacher. She's got an MA in linguistics from California State University in Fresno. Holly is a language lover and an an education language education addict, as you can tell. Holly's also blind. And in today's interview, we're going to learn a little bit about what that means, what the shape of the world is for somebody like that and how it affects or maybe doesn't affect language learning and language teaching in your life. Before I go more into Holly's story and bring you this interview, two shout outs as ever. I have got one for the podcast sponsor of The Fluent Show. And I think it's the last time that I get to do a shout out for this company. So a special three cheers for Yabla Video. Yabla, the sponsor of The Fluent Show, is the premier language learning video platform on the internet with tools to enhance conversational understanding and your listening skills and a really cool patented dictation game. They've got custom playback. You can loop every line of subtitle. They've got all the subtitles, bilingual, with script for Chinese, clickable words, learning games, flashcards, bish, bosh, bosh. It's all there for you. Yabla is available for Spanish, English, Italian, French, German and Chinese. I have used it for Italian and Chinese mostly and I am so happy to recommend it. Definitely head over to yabla.com slash fluentshow where I've recorded an introduction video showing you how it all works so you can have a look what they've got in their in their library of thousands of videos and courses, how it all works and really what the whole thing looks like. I think that'll help you so much more than most of what I tell you about, about Yabla on the show. Just head over to yabla, Y-A-B-L-A dot com slash fluent show. Have a look at that video. And if you're interested in trying it out for yourself, this special link also gets you a free two week trial so you can really enjoy Yabla and get in deep and just give it a try. No obligation. Thank you so much as ever to Yabla for supporting the Fluent Show. Now, I also want to remind you that if you are listening to this episode as it comes out, I have got a workshop on the 15th of May, that is Saturday the 15th. It's a brand new masterclass called Podcasting 101. And it's for those of you who feel inspired or even just considering starting your own podcast. I'll be telling you all about how podcast creation works, what has worked for me, what hasn't worked for me, what I have learned in seven years 77 guests, one and a half million downloads, <laughs> 215 episodes or whatever they are now. And you can book your place at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash podcasting 101. Don't worry, just head to the show notes and I will have a link there for you. So the next time that you're thinking, oh, we should start a podcast about this thing that I'm really into. That's the training where I would like you to head and you can learn from me. And I'll be so excited to share with you everything I know about how to create and launch your successful podcast. 
Beep, beep, that's it. And now it's time for me to head over to the interview, which I've recorded with Holly, and it's ready for you. I'm super excited to share this. We're going to learn more about the super skill that Holly has that we didn't even... I don't know, like that she has such cool tips for developing it as well, what teaching online has done for her and how students react to a blind online teacher if they do it all. All of that over on The Fluent Show. Let's head over to the interview now. Hey, Holly. Well, Holly, welcome to The Fluent Show. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. That's no no worries at all. I'm actually really excited because the topic of today's interview was your suggestion and your idea. And I'm so grateful that you came and suggested it. So I'm looking forward to our interview. Um, before we start, can you clarify whether it's okay to refer to you as blind, whether you prefer a different term, visually impaired, and what the situation is with that? Well, I, I'm perfectly comfortable with the word blind. Um, blind typically means, and in some circles at least, it means um, no functional vision, which is pretty much what I have. I can see a little bit of light, but that is it. And it's basically enough for me to tell you that maybe <laughs> that the light is on. Um, so um, it's uh, perfectly fine with me. Uh, I always tell people, hey, it's not a swear word. Go ahead. Awesome. And were you were you born with the were you born blind or how did you how did you appear? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah. So I was born blind. Um, they didn't figure it out until I was three months old. Oddly enough, um, the pediatrician found out that I had uh, something called nystagmus, which is where your eyes kind of go back and forth and they do crazy dancing things. And um, he thought it was just uh, something called astigmatism. But as they explored and took me to a special place uh, hospital for a testing, uh, they found out that I had a genetic disease with a really long name that I will not bore you with. Um, and basically I'm the only one in my family who has it. Um, so, uh, thankfully like my brother's kids, they don't have it. Everyone's cool. Wow. And can you give me a sense? Cause I have never, I have correctable vision, so I don't really, you know, I, I basically put in some contact lenses. Without them, I'm useless, um, but I can easily, you know, fix my visual, my own visual issues. What is life like for you as a blind person? How's your day to day? Uh, most of the time, it's pretty good. I won't lie. There are times when uh, it kind of bites, um, <laughs> but um most of the time things are, it's just normal. I mean, really when you've never seen, it's basically, you're just doing life. Mm -hmm. And I was blessed with awesome parents who never gave me the option of just sitting on my duff and uh, not caring about life. Like they basically have pushed me to make a life for myself. And um, I will always be grateful for that. Mm. And I know you as somebody who is super, super positive. Usually, yeah. People don't people don't see the, the times when it gets frustrating. I'll mm -hmm. be honest, most people don't see that. Um, but like I said, I don't, I, I'm not going to lie. There are times. But then you kind of have to decide, am, am I a victim or am I a victor? I love that. I love that. <laughs> Now, Holly... Obviously, we're talking about learning online and we're talking about learning languages and teaching languages online. I would like to know, how do you make the internet work for you? Okay, so I use technology called screen reading technology. And basically, if you are uh, familiar at all with the little Google Translate thing where um, it will take a piece of text that you have translated and then it will speak out the, the translation that's called text to speech. I use that on a huge scale. So my computer, my phone, my watch, they all uh, have this and they read the screen. 
Um, so through custom gestures and also sort of a, a bit of a modification that um, makes the computer operable with uh, only the keyboard, I can do most of the things that you guys can do with the computer. Mm -hmm. Do you set up the Do you set up the little voices to sound different for variety, or do you kind of have a close relationship with like Siri? Actually, I do. It's really <laughs> funny. Um, the usual voice for the screen reader on the phone is not the Siri voice. It's a different one. But I have actually chosen the Siri voice. Um, they they are pretty customizable. So I've chosen the Siri voice because I like it. It's pleasant. It's clear. Um, but my computer, uh, my iMac has a Scottish voice. And I was blessed with the chance to buy a laptop. And she has an Irish voice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my watch has basically the standard uh screen reader voice oh that's really really cool <laughs> so you can identify your devices by their voices basically um yeah but i really did it for fun i wasn't too worried about that aspect of it i just did it because i'm a, i'm just goofy like that <laughs> <laughs> now i'm curious because i know you have studied i think german french russian right? Maybe Arabic? German, Russian, Arabic, and I kind of started studying Spanish. Mm -hmm. And did you, okay, when did you start learning languages and how do you go about it? So I got a little bit of exposure to language learning. I played with it uh, in terms of Spanish when I was little because I live in an area, uh, I live in California where there are a lot of Spanish speakers and um, I almost got scared away from it because my dad said, you have to roll your R's if you want to speak Spanish. And I couldn't at five or six years old, I couldn't do it. <laughs> but um, later on, I was blessed with the ability to do it. So uh, when I got to learning German in high school, I chose to learn German because everyone around me was learning Spanish. And I don't really like to be put in a box. That's kind of me. I, I like to be a little outside of the box. So uh, I learned uh, German all through high school. And my German teacher happened to speak a dialect that required a rolled R. So, um, and I, I didn't know that that wasn't a, a very standard dialect. So mm -hmm. I just followed him, you know, <laughs> and uh, I was grateful for my father's insistence that I learn. So uh, fast forwarding through a whole lot of this and that, um, I studied a little bit of Russian in university because German wasn't available. And then when it became available, I switched back to German. Mm -hmm. And then later on, uh, when I was doing my master's degree, I needed a class to have a full load and a friend of mine was dropping Arabic. And so she had a textbook and I thought, Oh, that sounds like it would be cool to explore. So <laughs> I got her textbook and her spot in the class. Hey, that's really cool. <laughs> and how do I, how do I imagine, how do I imagine you, because obviously you're not there like taking notes by hand, uh, you know, and, and, and looking at them later on. So how do I imagine your or how do I understand your learning process a little bit better? OK, so it was a little easier in high school because I was in the public school system and there were a lot more uh, resources. So I could take a few notes. Um, I was using a machine called a note taker because um it wasn't quite so common. I'm just old enough where it wasn't quite so common for every high school student to have some sort of iPad or anything like that. Smartphones weren't even around then. Jeez, I'm dating myself. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> and so I did take notes. They had uh, uh, acquired a program for my note taker, which is it's basically a cross between a Palm Pilot and a Braille writer. So it had a Braille keyboard and uh, they were able to set it up to do German. So I was able to take notes and do my assignments on that and print them out. Um, and they were they provided me with a Braille book. So I learned to read and write German. And so it was a, a lot like anyone else 
anyone else's school process might be. I, mm-hmm. gu- I guess you would say there were some modifications, like if there was a drawing project, um, we would find some sort of alternative or tactile way to do it, that kind of thing. Um, but later on, it wasn't quite so straightforward. Uh, in Russian, for example, um, there was no one. I was the only one on campus at the time, I believe, who could read Braille, mm-hmm. let alone even think of learning it in another language. And so um, basically, I just memorized everything and I recorded my classes and I had a tutor who helped me do a bit of the homework. And I, I think my teacher didn't really base a lot of my grade on my homework because she knew about the obstacles, but I was able to, you know, pull a good grade because I was so intent on understanding everything in class. Mm -hmm. And in Arabic, um, I basically um, worked with the teacher. So he was a really great teacher. I recorded my classes he would send me the PowerPoint slides because by then I had a smartphone and I could access the PowerPoints and at least get the text off of them. Um, He would meet with me during office hours and uh, basically work with me on things. Occasionally another student helped me with the homework in the workbook and he would write my answers for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, My teacher would give me all my tests orally and yeah, he was very clever at it and So Russian and Arabic, I can't read and write. I understand the concepts of the writing system because especially my Arabic teacher insisted that I do that. I learn those because then if I have the chance to learn Arabic Braille, uh, I will understand what's going on. So I can tell you the function, for example, of a shedda, but I couldn't tell you for the life of me what it looks like, let alone the Braille symbol. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I wondered about that. I wondered when you were you when you were talking about using Braille. I wondered to what extent the writing system needs to be different in different in different languages. Like, does it follow our well, alphabet? Braille, how our alphabets are? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt. Um, Braille is a system of six dots. So it's a system of what they call cells, and each cell has six dots, and mm-hmm. basically. Every character in Braille is a combination of those six dots. And then you have what's called contractions, where you have a symbol that stands for a couple of letters at a time or even a whole word. So, um, of course, there are certain limitations to a system like that. So, for example, the umlaut O in German is the same symbol as what would be OW in English. So you kind of have to, you have to develop the ability of um, being in German mode, sort of when you're reading German Braille and being in English mode and not mixing the two up. Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes you will get, so for example, in web addresses, web addresses can't process an umlaut. And Ah, yeah, mm -hmm. so, and even... Sometimes in German, certain computer fonts can't process uh, something like an umlaut. So for, for all German uh, speakers, in school we would learn that OE is is an O umlaut, AE is an A umlaut and all that stuff. So I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of get what you're saying with, with the letter combinations. That, that makes a lot of sense because not everybody knows as well how to type an umlaut. I found it's much easier on a Mac than on Windows, but my Windows knowledge is about 10 years old now. <laughs> mine's I think mine might be about that old as well (laughs) (laughs) oh well okay so this is really interesting and do you find do you find okay speaking practice is probably kind of your main speaking and listening practice obviously it's going to be one of your core aspects do you find that there are any advantages that overcoming all these obstacles and probably being a person who is particularly trained to listen and to to a certain extent, maybe imitate uh, sounds, do you, do you find that comes in handy? It really does. And I think it's sort of a combination of mindset and as well as the ability to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not one who likes to wait to develop pronunciation skills until later. 
because my mind, my thinking on that is that if I learn to do it right the first time, then I'm not going to have so much trouble with like fossilization and, and trying to relearn it later. So if I listen really carefully and I learn to mimic um, even tones as much as possible, um, it's going to just help me out all through the process. And I did play with, I didn't really mention this because I didn't get very far. I played with Chinese a little bit. Um, my sister-in-law uh, bought me uh, cassettes and a book for learning Chinese, but all of the English translation was in the book, which I obviously couldn't read. So um, <laughs> all I managed to learn was the tone, but the value I got from that is I thought, okay, in order to prepare for the someday maybe that I might be able to learn Chinese, anytime I explore a language, I'm going to try and copy the tone as well as the sounds. So that's just sort of what I do. And I find that my ability to, to listen is very much an, an asset. Yeah. And you must have incredibly well-trained memory with so many years under your belt of memorizing things um, where you know, mo most people who, who use visual, who, who have like, I don't know, a visual channel, we, we rely on visual clues, you know, to, to remind us of things. So this is fascinating. Do you have any preferred materials that are particularly accessible, particularly useful for you as a, a blind learner? You know, that's the interesting thing, because now that... Um, I'm not in the school system. It, it, it becomes a matter of cost. Um, Braille is very costly to produce mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. thus, of course, very costly to consume. Um, there, there are some things that make it easier. There are organizations, uh, for example, that provide for a small membership fee. They provide a library of books. So I could probably get a hold of some things that way, but then, of course, I have to learn to read the Braille, mm -hmm. which is just time I don't have right now. So my most valuable resources are Udemy courses. And a lot of teachers, I find, are reasonably descriptive. And, of course, I'm mostly interested in learning to listen and speak. So um, as long as they're not relying heavily on you being able to see the PowerPoint, so, for example, if you have a course where, if, where they're saying, and this is how you say goodbye, and this is how you say this, um, mm. and expecting you to see what's on the screen, then I'm good. And usually they don't because they realize that, of course, you need to know how to pronounce it, too. So um, Udemy courses and also uh, YouTube. Yes. I look for things on YouTube. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Now I want to I want to talk about you and your life as a teacher. First of all, what made you decide to become because for our audience who might not know this yet, you are a self-employed language teacher. So what made you decide to become a self-employed language teacher? Well, there are sort of two parts to that. Um language teacher period uh started my early 20s, um, I needed for my intercultural studies uh, bachelor's degree, I needed some sort of cultural experience. And it wasn't really feasible at that time for me to go live with somebody in another culture. So my professor helped me get set up with a local organization that um, helps refugees. And one of the things they had me do was helping out in the English classes. Um, And the poor teachers, I don't think they quite knew what I was going to be um, doing, but they were very open people. And so I just observed what they did for a little bit. And then I said, well, how about if I do this? And I was able to get some flashcards and put some Braille on them. I had a machine at that time where I could put uh, paper or some kind of cardstock in the machine and put Braille on it. And um, so I became sort of the phonics tutor person. <laughs> and uh, I loved it. I really loved it. Fast forward a number of years, 
uh, roller coaster that life usually is, right? And uh, it came time to really figure out what I wanted to do as a career. And that experience was one of uh, a major catalyst to helping me realize that I could do this and I wanted to do this. So uh, I studied linguistics with a specialization in teaching English as a second language and then tried to find a job. And I wasn't very experienced, for one thing, at hunting for a job. I, I had some experience, but not much. And the other thing is, uh, unfortunately, it's somewhat difficult, uh, less nowadays, but somewhat difficult to get a job when you're blind. Um, there's still a lot of societal awareness that needs to happen. So I was, I don't remember what I was searching for one night, but I stumbled on this school that was um, teaching classes via Google Hangouts on Air, and they were streaming them on their website as well as through YouTube. And I was just, I was so excited for one thing that I couldn't, heart, I couldn't go to sleep. Like it was almost impossible to stop what I was doing and go to sleep. And I was just, amazed because um, in my master's program, uh, that wasn't really brought up as a thing, as an option to be a language teacher online. So I was like, what is this? And I thought, oh my gosh, provided um, that the software is accessible, I could do this. That's always an issue, by the way. That's always a, a, a consideration, an extra layer that has to be got through is, is the software accessible? And it was mostly accessible, it turned out. Um, that company was unfortunately in the process of folding at the time that I applied, but it basically opened up this new avenue of jobs to look for. Yeah, I remember earning that first paycheck. It was amazing. Oh my God, yeah. Do, doing something that you you were dreaming of doing, but you thought that door is closed. I can't get a job doing this. It's too difficult. And then to be able to just find this different way. Oh my God, I'm excited just, just listening to you. This is, this is an exciting moment, isn't it? Absolutely. And it wasn't so much, I felt the door is closed. It's impossible. It was just that uh, it seemed a bit discouraging. Um I don't know how to explain it. I, I had had a period in my life beforehand where I'd had a lot of difficulty finding a job primarily because I couldn't see to drive. And I think that colored my later experience, even after having more training and more specialized training. Um, I still felt intimidated by the process of trying to find a job. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that did color the experience. Um, a bit, but um, one of the things that I held on to at the time was that uh, I serve a God who's bigger than statistics, and this, the statistic of unemployed blind people in the U.S., unfortunately, is pretty high. There are a lot of factors that go into that. It's not just because of society. There are a lot of factors that go into that statistic. Mm, but for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I held on to that and um, he proved faithful. So yes, <laughs> you found a way, you found a way. Oh my gosh. And gosh, this internet brought us, you know, it's, it brings us a lot of rubbish, but it brings us some good things. Uh, can you Indeed. talk about, <laughs> can you talk about the kinds of tools that you use in your business now? Okay. Business now. Well, I use I do use internet uh, websites. There are a lot of really great ones out there that um, provide uh, explanations um, because the poor students don't need to be listening to me all the time. So mm -hmm. I use YouTube videos and uh, I use even text explanations sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so this is I as part of as part of your own. lesson design. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I use Skype. I use Zoom. Uh, I have even used web uh, WeChat, if I can get the word out, uh, Google Hangouts. Um, I've used a lot of them because students have different preferences. Um, so I, I try to be 
accommodating and unless the software isn't accessible and then I explain uh, this isn't going to work you know mm -hmm. so and how do you how do you promote and get booked or do you work through platforms mostly right now I mostly work through platforms mm -hmm. um, I'm working my way toward building my own thing that will sustain me um, and I'm still working out Promotion, I think that's one of my weakest points is knowing how to promote without because uh, I, I think one of the hurdles has always been I feel like I'm going to be too pushy and I don't want to be that way or um, <laughs> as you know, Kirsten, charging enough. <laughs> it's always been a thing for me <laughs> you're one of the probably 100 teachers where i will i just want to sometimes just like drive around to your house and just when you open the door i'm just like not on your door and be like charge more thank you goodbye <laughs> but you know very very lovingly but this is interesting do you think i wonder it in terms of the the communication and the feeling pushy do you find that the sales message that that you would have to put out and when i say sales message is basically just you want to you want to learn with me here's where you book a lesson right it's, it is just that information do you find that there might be you know like i think do you find it might be trickier to to put that out because you would you would kind of hear it in your screen reader's voice right And then it's it's difficult to imagine. Okay, we'll make we'll make this font a little bigger. We'll make this font a little smaller, um, and you know we to maybe imagine a, um, a customer's pace of taking in the information. Because I imagine with your screen reader, it's it, it you must have information coming in at kind of almost a, a very specific pace, right? Because it's a computer providing it to you. Whereas if you're reading, you can quite easily kind of stop, look somewhere else, look at three other things, do something else. People are more distracted. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, so one thing to just clarify a little bit is I can be just as distracted, uh, maybe not by the same thing, <laughs> but I can be just as distracted. Like um, if I'm trying to read a mystery book and fill out paperwork at the same time, Yeah, things happen a lot more slowly uh, <laughs> because I've got the audiobook playing in one ear and I'm really interested in it, you know, mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. even headphones. I just have it playing in the room. Right. But uh, I'm I'm I would much rather listen to the book than uh, fill out class reports. But, you know, no, for sure. Uh, so it's you know, I have to work just as hard on self-discipline as anyone else. But yeah, in terms of uh, working on the pace and the way that people get information, that probably is the biggest challenge, especially when it comes to graphics, because I have yet to find an accessible way to design and do my own graphics. Thankfully, I have a wonderful niece who needs work experience and is hoping to do some sort of graphic design type thing and mm -hmm. has taken some classes show uh to be to be fair i pay her a little bit but she gets something for her resume and i get graphics <laughs> so uh we're working on making it work and but that it's still a challenge because Uh, I hear a lot of the gurus say, you know, you need to have an image for every post and you need to have an image for this and an image for that. And there's only so much that I can ask my poor niece to do. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it's very daunting. It's it's like there's there's almost a part of me that goes, should I even bother trying to do this at all? Like it, sometimes it that that's one of the times when I, I have to decide if I'm going to take the attitude of a victim and say, I can't or take the attitude of, uh, I'll just do my best mm -hmm. and let God do the rest and just, you know, um, yeah. So yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's, it's a really interesting kind of consideration and for me to kind of think through, because obviously it's not, 
I just don't have that contact in my life. I don't think I've ever really had close interaction with with a blind person myself. Mm-hmm. Everyone around me, like that, there's there's like I really lack awareness probably because I just don't think about it in in my day to day. And to think about well, you know what you're putting out there, how how difficult it must be to kind of weigh up is this is this actually really important or is it actually just about the information like to what extent you know does that make an impression when you can't judge the impression it makes on you because obviously most people when they're making their website or whatever you just put something out and you go ah that looks nice okay cool um and then you you move on whereas you can just be like okay that sounds nice when i read it out and that's about it now, does it make a difference to your students that that you are you obviously process information and access information differently? Most of the time, no, it doesn't. And if it does, they're either too polite to say so and they move on, or they, you know, I I've gotten comments and things sometimes. Like I said, my eyes, the the nystagmus, they kind of do crazy things. And the more nervous I am, the worse they are. Mm-hmm. Um, according to my folks, they're not like, it's not like when I was a kid, they're, they're more steady now. But um, most of the students, uh, I, I've I take a couple of different attitudes. Um, I've had students tell me, you know, that they've watched a video of mine. And once they heard my pronunciation, how clearly I speak and how well they can understand me, they don't even pay attention to my face. Um, other students have said, you know, at first it was kind of strange, but after that, you know, after a little bit, you just kind of forget, you don't even notice anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are the students I like to have in my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's super interesting. Um, Do you teach yeah. using video then, even though like it's quite, you could quite easily hold a lesson on audio and perhaps refer to a Google doc or something like that. People wouldn't have to look at you. I could, but my sort of thinking is that it is a visual world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know that most of my students prefer to see me and that it's easier for them if they can see me. So I let them see me and then they can feel free to turn their camera off or on or whatever. And a lot of them kind of like that. Um, they feel, you know, comfortable. And um, sometimes, though, if we're trying to mimic a phone call, like they, they want to learn some telephone things and get practice, I will turn my camera off and we'll do it that way. But most of them really prefer to see me and see what my lips and mouth are doing. Yeah, for sure. For so sure. I let it, them do it. It can be very helpful. And do you think... Th- Again, like it's almost the same question as for you as a learner, for you as a teacher, this extraordinary ability to to listen. Do you find that's something that comes in handy as a teacher too? Oh, absolutely. And I've been told by a number of students that my mm-hmm. ability to listen and pick up on mistakes, um, I, I do believe in correcting my students. Um, if nothing else, it gives them awareness of what needs to be worked on. You know, we can do the correction debate, but uh, I've found that uh, that's the best way for me to work. And mm-hmm. um, picking up on nuances of pronunciation and, uh, for example, one of the things I do when a student just can't seem to get a sound right, I play with it in my own mouth and I I, I listen to myself. I say, OK, I need to play with this for a second. And that's actually the way I say it. And so I will make the sound like they're making and then I'll make it like it's supposed to be made and um, pay attention to the differences in my own mouth, tongue, jaw position, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because I'm also more in tune with how my body feels, I think, Mm -hmm. um, too. So I'm able to say, oh, I know, you know, (laughs) one of my students loves it when I say, oh, I know what's going on. And, you know, and I say, oh, you need to make your tongue go more flat or your jaw needs to go forward or things like that. And then she does it and she gets the sound and it's like, yes, bingo. And she's like, <laughs> really? Yay. 
Yes. And those are the, those are the magical teaching moments, right? So it's it's really good to know as well. Like it's it's so like I connect with you so much on that. Like I have had uh I've had times I have, I get this with English speakers when they speak in German because my English is so good, right? I will I can I can hear when somebody speaks German and they're making a grammar mistake. I hear what they're doing in English. So it's really mm-hmm. I found that it's so helpful the same thing where I'm tr- where I'm I can I can just instead of explaining the rule to them, I can say, "Oh, I know exactly what you're trying to do." And then I can say, "Okay, here's here's how this works in English. Here is here is where we're trying to get to, um, but you're actually, you know, like this is what you're trying to do." And I found that that way of teaching, the sort of understanding exactly what they are doing, is so 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 helpful. Yeah, and if you don't mind my passing along a tip. Um, the listeners can develop some skills. I mean, I've had, I'm not going to tell you how many years of practice, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but you can develop listening skills because I don't, uh, just automatically have better hearing and listening than everybody else just because I'm blind. It's sort of like when, um, People probably remember the show Survivor or, you know, those those shows where people get lost in the woods and they have to learn to survive. What happens because you need it for survival, it provides a catalyst for developing the ability to notice, to notice little differences in what you're seeing, to notice little differences in what you're hearing. And I actually was blessed with a teacher who believed in training that. Um, So I had that. But I also had the fact that my world is hearing. So um, just as a matter of survival, I've developed the ability to listen. So if you want to develop more of that ability to help you in your classes, try finding ways to close your eyes. Like if you're at a restaurant, because at least in my area, some restaurants are opening now. Um, If you're at a restaurant or you're just out somewhere, close your eyes and see Try identifying sounds. Try seeing how much you can hear of what the people are talking about around you. Um, And then forget it because it's roots to eavesdrop. Um, But, you know, see how many of the sounds around you you can identify in your own home. Mm -hmm. For example, try uh, listening in the dark. Listening and see how much you can discern of what's going on without being able to actually see it. Or... Uh, if someone, if there's action going on, people are doing things in another room, see how much of that you can identify without opening the door and seeing what's going on. You know, practice mm-hmm. listening. I think that's amazing. And what a good piece of advice as well, if somebody is a language learner, you know, and you, Absolutely. You know you're learning yes. a different language to to try and take your visual completely out of it is is something that I think we could do we could do more of most certainly like I know sometimes I will learn from podcasts but I don't I don't really like I get so much more when I just focus on what I'm hearing and I don't I don't know if this is the same for you but for me it's like when I also pair it with movement so I will I know I'm I can process what I'm hearing better when I'm when I'm out on a walk Sometimes that's true for me. Um, for example, when when I got into college, uh, it was easier to find audiobooks or books that I could scan into my text-to-speech program mm-hmm. um, than it was to get them in Braille. So um, I would I did a lot of audiobooks in college, and um, it was helpful if I had a beadwork project or a crochet project in my hands that didn't require a lot of concentration but just gave me the ability to move while I was listening to the textbook. It improved my concentration and my retention. Yeah, that is, that is weird, isn't it? I do, I do jigsaws mm-hmm. at the moment, which obviously that's a, that's a visual thing, but it's visual and tactile. And again, I find it, it takes just that little com- concentration to keep me engaged that anything I'm hearing will go in better. How odd. 
How odd. Okay, well, that's that's one for a future podcast. Um, now, <laughs> now gotta find gotta find a scientist for this. <laughs> gotta find my right? yeah. Contact my neuroscientist friends. <laughs> Holly, I'm I'm curious. Did you have if somebody is f maybe listening and like you, they're visually impaired, they're blind, um, perhaps restricted in a different way? What piece of advice would you have for somebody who might also want to become a teacher like you? Oh my, um, they want to become a teacher. First of all, of course, depending on what the limitation is, um, find, you can find a way. There are so many ways, like even if you're hearing impaired and your speaking isn't that good, there are, uh, there are ways to do like asynchronous uh, classes that you deliver through text You know, so that would appeal to people who don't have a lot of time to sit down with the with a teacher over Skype, but they might be willing to do like something more asynchronous um, where you proofread their writing or something. Um, if you're visually impaired, um, I would say do your best to check out the website first if you don't want to develop your own. Do your best to check out the website uh, as in terms of accessibility. Um, I'm not going to mention, like, I, I, how do I say this? There are, it's a mixed bag. It's all right. Sorry, you can be frank. It's, it's only the Fluent Show. It's yeah, fine. it's a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. There are yeah. some out there that are great, accessible, or if you have accessibility issues, the company is small enough that, They're more in touch with their teachers and they'll help you find a workaround or there are other companies where there are functions you can't use and you're just going to have to figure out a way to do that. Or, you know, the more of us that join and say, hey, can you fix this? Maybe we'll get more attention. <laughs> For sure. So I'm hoping, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hoping maybe somebody hears this and feels motivated and might even get in touch with you and say, oh, I heard you. And that's really, really cool. And, you know, you can you can kind of connect. Um, another question that I sort of ask every every guest that I have, it's, it's becoming a mm -hmm. bit of one of my staples, is if there was something you could change about the way you, let's say, learn languages, about your life as a language learner, what would it be? More uh funding for teachers because i've realized that i'm um a what one of my sort of mentors in absentia calls a talk learner um i prefer to learn in a group or maybe not so much a group but i prefer to learn when i'm talking with somebody mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so more uh Resource availability, shall we say, uh, for being able to learn with teachers instead of um, focusing only on Udemy courses and YouTube videos. Mm, yes, yes, that's. I think it's really a really, really good point, good insight. I think personality can, might come into that when I look at, you know, I. The, the extroversion, introversion uh, difference is demonstrated very strongly in my household because I am married to a introverted person. <laughs> and the, the way we process information, the way we think is, is, is very different. So I'm, I'm similarly like a think out loud kind of person. And I often find that when I'm trying to understand a concept, I kind of have to talk through it and then it'll click. But to think, it's almost like there's a wall in my head. Right. And what I've actually taken to doing is uh, popping my, popping, that's the wrong verb, um, turning on one of the recording apps mm. on my phone, usually. Mm -hmm. I've done it also on my watch. And just talking through something like asking myself the questions. And weirdly enough, even though there's no one else exchanging info with me, um, it helps. Yeah. Have you, have you heard of a term called uh, rubber ducking? 
No. <laughs> it's oh it, yes, I have. Yes, yeah. I have. Uh-huh. It's from programming <laughs> I and tech. Collect rubber ducks. So I could totally do that. <laughs> yes, just get yourself a rubber duck. So for the benefit of any listeners, if you've not if you've not heard about this, I think it comes from software development. Because I think my husband told me about it first time. And it's when there's something that you when you're stuck on something, stuck on a concept, um, and you just need to talk it out, and you you go to someone and you you think you need to you need advice, but by asking, you've talked through it so much that suddenly the answer just and or the concept becomes so clear in your mind, you don't actually need the answer mm -hmm. anymore. Um, so there there was there's a story of uh, a developer who started talking to his rubber duck. <laughs> of explaining things through them and it's it's called rubber ducking so this is a similar a similar concept and actually can be really really useful and now that you've talked now that we've talked about this i've got this idea of like if you know the next time if i want to run a live language course how fun would it be to get people to get students to rubber duck as homework <laughs> you know just like just talk through what you don't understand <laughs> and send yeah, me send me your nonsense file. i mean you can grab like a doll or a um yeah i'm actually a little bit of a toy collector so i've got plenty of options around here. <laughs> <laughs> oh well holly you're you're bringing you know you're not just bringing a super super positive attitude to teaching you're also bringing a lot of creativity and you've not let anything stop you so absolutely Loved, well, first of all, loved having you on the show and thank you so much for contacting me and saying you'd love to, you'd love to talk about this topic and bring awareness to it. Um, for my sighted non-disability listeners, um, what is the kind of message or anything that you'd want them to really, really be aware of? To be aware of, um, I, I guess maybe just experiment with thinking outside of the box and thinking with your other senses. Um, I think that will be very helpful in life, not just in sales or whatever it is you're, you're, you're trying to do as a job, but I think it will be helpful in life, even safety. The more aware you are of what and who is around you, the safer you will be. Mm, so train your other senses. Don't, don't think. There was just one, just just one of the senses because we've been gifted lots and lots of them. Holly, where could people find you online to send you a message, connect with you? Okay, so my website is hollytreeenglish.com. Please bear in mind it is a work in progress and I'm a one-woman show. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you want to email me, it's just teacherholly at hollytreeenglish.com spelled exactly how it sounds teacher holly at hollytreeenglish.com and if you want to take a language lesson with holly she'll be there waiting for your message thank you so much for having been on the fluent show and bringing this new insight and new perspective to my podcast and with that it's only left for us to sign off It is goodbye from me, goodbye, and goodbye from Holly. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review in your podcast app or even becoming a member of our Patreon community where our supporter perks include a secret feed full of added show notes and a VIP option where you can get priority answers to your listener questions on the podcast. Don't forget that you can send us your language questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show or Instagram hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you and read every message and review. See you next week.